da 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 You sound insane. You realize that? Yeah. The whole world got crazy. Seriously? It's showtime. Hey, man, fam, welcome back to the main feed here, Mad About Movies podcast. Kent and Brian co-hosting with you today as we discuss another film that comes to us via the Netflix. Brian, mm. thought we would. Thank goodness uh, for streaming, yeah. right? What a what a world yeah. This <laughs> thank goodness for it, but at the same year, time, man. like I thought, thought I thought once we, uh, you know. We broke the seal with Godzilla versus Kong. I, uh, you know, every week we'd be, you know, in the theaters, and I guess maybe mm-hmm. I could have seen this in the theaters. Was this in the theaters? I don't think it was. I, I, I'll look it up. It's a while bit surprising, talking, but I don't think it was. Yeah. Well, this this honestly, uh, we'll get into it here, but this one definitely on upon first watch, I was like, man, I wish I could have seen this in a theater with a crowd. I think this mm-hmm. would have been a really fun, fun family. Lots of laughs in the in the theater, kind of uh, kind of movie, and um, and so yeah, that that definitely stuck out to me. Not watching this in a theater, and and this I guess kind of feels like the norm now. You know, maybe we're we're past the point of have to release things online, and maybe we're at the point of just this is the way this way it's going to be. Um, so what happened with this one was uh, supposed to come out in twenty twenty, of course. I was called Connected. You might have seen the trailer for it. Uh, maybe twenty nine. Certainly, it's twenty nineteen. They were they were pushed, mm. putting the trailer for this one out. It was called Connected, and then um, their plans for theatrical release were canceled. I believe it was supposed to come out around August or September of uh, mm. of twenty twenty, mm. and then they what canceled happened? that. What was the <laughs> something? Deal? I don't know. I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to Google that after we get off the air here. Probably political. If you know, right? email like, us. If you know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let us we know need, what happened in 2020. Email. We need those know, emails. It's weird. Hey, actually, it's going to be it's going to be a relevant conversation to this uh, this movie. <laughs> Oddly enough, we'll get to that here in a bit. But um, so yeah, this movie was called Connected. It's supposed to be coming out in 2020. Canceled. So they basically, I think, they gave the rights back to the Lord Miller team to find a distributor. Um, and they found Netflix, and Netflix was like, you know what? More Netflix. You don't have to have this thing called Connected. <laughs> Which is obviously like just yeah. the most Pixar, uh, you know, ripoff name ever. It's like, how can we make this a one word cheeky title that all families will connect to? <laughs> how about connected? Oh, and no, and I'm just glad, you know, Netflix, you, you know, you have that creative freedom. It's like, you know, the working title of this was Mitchell's vs. the Machines. Let's just, can we roll back to that? I'm like, yeah, go for it. Awesome. And yeah. uh, also, so, here's $40 million. And also, $40 yeah, they, they it's Netflix. Yeah. So. <laughs> Did you want more? That's fine. Yeah. You know, <laughs> it's funny you say that. And we've been the first to talk about this a ton on the show. The uh, quote, dump it on Netflix movies, you know? Mm-hmm. And we, we talked a lot about these, you know, three, four, five years ago, even, where that seemed to be a strategy where it's like, if this movie's not good, that's when you give it to Netflix. But we, we're past Correct. that point now. And now we're, now Netflix is, is, taking the Amazon Prime approach. It's like, hey, let's go to Sundance. Let's let's see what movies are out there. Let's buy some good movies instead of mm-hmm. spending our own money on bad movies or right. getting the the scrap heap from the big studios. And this is a this is a movie that that struck me like anybody could have bought this. I mean, they could have sold this to anyone, I guess I should say. Mm-hmm. Um, it's sure. a very wide appeal and I'm sure it's screened very well in the past year on the uh, when they're shopping it around, and and yeah, you're right. I'm not sure how much money they made on this uh, via Netflix, Brian. Maybe you know that, but right. um, easy, easy buy. Uh, if I was uh, yeah Netflix, it, it, it strikes me as a little odd that I mean, I know obviously I understand 2020 was weird and and nobody knew what to do and it's unprecedented and all this sort of stuff. I totally understand that, but I mean. This is a really good movie, and it was done, and it's beautiful. It's beautifully made. It's very odd to me that the, the studio would just say, "Hey, eh, we'll we'll pass. We're not. We got too many things that are now stacked up, so we'll just we'll let right. this one go." Surely there was something else in your slate that you could have said. That's the one we're selling to Apple Plus or whatever. This is this is an odd one to. I mean, I guess maybe you just want to stay in good graces with with Lord Miller, but still, it's a it's a strange choice for me because this is a really. I'll be honest, when I, I knew all that sort of stuff, and then I I hadn't seen a trailer for this, and when I when I saw that it was headed to Netflix, 
we have it has our mindset has changed in terms of the the whole dumped on Netflix thing, like you said, Kent. But there was still a part of me that was like Mitchell's versus the Machines, and it got you know knowing all this stuff was like this kind of this is clearly this has got to stink, right? This has got to not be good. And then the trailer was very very good, and then the, the movie was excellent as well. So it's just it's an odd one for me to to cut loose the way they did. Yeah, it, it doesn't. I don't know. Maybe they were scared about relevancy because there's so much in this movie that's kind of, I don't know, talking mm. about stuff right now in terms of technology sure. and topics and things like that. Maybe they're like, hey, if we hold on to this for two years and put it out, it might might not be funny anymore, honestly. Sure. <laughs> you know, so maybe that yeah, there was true. an urgency to get it out there. And they're like, hey, we're, we just don't have the money to put it out. I, I don't know the story. I'm sure there's a big long one that uh, somebody will tweet at us at Mad About Movies. If you find it, uh, let us know. I, I love that uh, the industry type stuff. So speaking of that, this one does come to us via the production team of of Lord and Miller, uh, but is not directed by directed by them. It's Mike Rianda, uh, who mm-hmm. you might know from his his uh, work on Gravity Falls via the, mm. the Cartoon Network. Yeah, and uh, it, I do like Gravity Falls. That's one that Coop Coop. Uh, he's not super sold on. It's not like his favorite show or anything. But when he when that's in the rotation, I'm always like, this looks pretty cool, man. I like this one. Good graphic yeah. novels as well. He sure. also wrote it. With uh, Jeff Rowe, who also co-directed it with them, and then you've got mm-hmm. the uh, the Lord Miller uh, Animation Factory, really, uh, yeah, at yeah, work here, real. and their their kind of sensibilities just uh, plastered all over this thing. And you know, I don't know if their reputation has fallen off a bit in terms of like what it was when Lego movie and 21 jump street, like we're back to back kind of thing. And it was like these guys, Oh my God. Uh, but, uh, we get news today, actually, Brian, mm-hmm. as I'm getting on to, uh, to record this episode with you guys, um, that the, uh, the Lord and Miller duo have signed on to, uh, direct a movie, uh, based on a book called the premonition, uh, mm-hmm. a pandemic story. So this is a Michael book Lewis. that was, yeah. yes, that was released guy. last week about uh, the the beginning of the of COVID and uh, I guess the first responders and and their kind of uh, uh, I don't want to say I don't know what the word I'm looking for is their I don't know their urgency or their um, attempt to uh, I don't know tell those around them how serious it was and uh, sure, sure. before it got out of hand that kind of thing. Uh, so mm-hmm. all that to say, and I, it told was, you, I told you it was going to come back right? around to COVID, right? Um, right. All that to say, it, you know, these guys, you know, started off in animation, obviously. Uh, they're bringing back Clone High, I believe, actually, their first show that was on MTV. Um, I think nice. they're rebooting that for, uh, you know, Amazon or Hulu or something like that. So that 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 could be fun. But, um, you know, obviously they came on with Clyde, Clyde with the Chance of Meatballs and then Lego Movie. And then you had had their production elements on 21 Jump Street and Last Man on Earth and 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 some other awesome stuff that uh, Brigsby Bear, for example, you know, produced that, which was which was excellent. Have you seen that yet? Uh, no, I haven't. With uh, Kyle that. Mooney. That's uh, that's one uh-uh. worth, see- worth oh, seeking. Oh, I'm out. sorry. I have. Yes, yes, yes. yes. I forgot that, that title. Yes, yes. yes that was a weird one I, that yeah. I dug quite a bit. Mark yeah. Hamill, baby. Yes. Nice oh, that was a strange role for him. I love Kyle that. Mooney, yeah, baby. Good, uh, we might get to yeah, him man. later as well. This is the, uh, the episode of, of teases, I guess. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, man. So all that to say, it looks like they're, you know, pushing the animation side, uh, you know, they're going to produce stuff. And, uh, at the same time, like let's become serious directors and let's like get into some dramas and flex our chops. Obviously they're probably most well known for the listener as the, the duo that was fired from solo, the star Wars story. But, um, <laughs> but I, I think when you see a movie like this and when you, you look at their filmography and, and all that, I mean, they just have their own distinct voice. <laughs> they're auteurs mm-hmm. in their own way. Uh, you know, everything they, they have, you kind of, Oh, you don't even have to look it up. It's like, this is a Lord Miller production. Sure. You know, you just know I mean, spider verse, you know, obviously too. Um, and so, they um, they have a, a unique voice, which isn't isn't great for Star Wars movies, and they probably mm-hmm. be the first to admit that. You know, mutually part ways, and um, and this is no different, man. You know, I was scared that they would be wouldn't be able to repeat the uh, success or the voice of you know those Lego movies and and 
some of the early success that they had in comedy because it's tough to maintain. But oh my god, Brian, this movie. I, I I swear I smiled for two hours. I, I rotated between smiling and crying for two hours. It was it, it, <laughs> yeah, was, yeah. it was so good and honestly perfect. <laughs> I, I can't I honestly can't think of much that I really disliked about this uh, mm-hmm. this movie. And you know it's right up there, man, with Pixar. <laughs> and you know I it, like this is proof that uh, before I pass the uh, soapbox to you, this is proof that like. Pixar's great, but there's still great other stuff you can do with animation that's like mm-hmm. we we think of them as the pinnacle and the be all end all of animation. It's like, no, we can do more different, have a different voice, could be a little more edgy and do a lot crazy and still push the boundaries of what animation is known for, like Pixar does, but still kind of mm-hmm. not be as toned down really as Pixar has to be. And that that this is a movie like that, and I absolutely loved it, man. Yeah, this was one that, uh, like I said, wasn't really on my radar until a couple weeks ago, and I had people asking me about it, which it happens relatively frequently. I mean, you you know, when you, when people find out you have a movie podcast, they they want to talk to you about it, and you and you don't, you don't really want to talk about having the your your podcast. We've I've, we've said many times, Richard is is very famous for saying, I hope everybody in the world listens to my podcast except for the people that I actually know in in real life. And that I think that's pretty pretty accurate. But um when people know that you know they'll they they do that pretty frequently. Some you know somebody will say, hey, have you seen uh whatever? Have you seen this movie? Is any good? And I have to kind of like think of I don't know if you do this, Kent. Maybe this is just me. But I try to think of like, okay, what do I know about this person? What movies do they like? Would I how can you tailor this movie? what you actually think yeah. to what they will think and yeah, not hate what, you for? Exactly. Yeah, you. What kind yep. of disclaimers do I need to put on right. this? Uh, you know that kind of thing. And uh, but this was one that that uh, I knew about, but I had I had multiple people in my life that were like, "Hey, I watched we watched Mitchell's versus the Machine with my kids last night, and it is awesome. You've got to check this out." Rather than, "Hey, what should I should I watch this or not?" That kind mm-hmm. of thing. So. Um, so I was primed for it and, and, uh, and we had a, uh, yeah, I guess last week, it may have been last Monday. Uh, yeah, I think it was cause we recorded right afterwards, but we had a, we usually have soccer practice on Monday nights and, and, uh, I'm, my Monday is like my busiest day of the week and I'm running around crazy, but, but, uh, it was raining. We canceled practice. And so we had like a random weeknight where we weren't doing anything and we just got to sit around so we did we sat and we watched the movie and uh coop just loved it he was cackling i mean it was it was right up his alley but but you're right it also has those sort of pixar sensibilities it's very smart uh the humor is is just whip smart whips and 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 i i really i appreciate the writing on this so much because it is it is so good but yeah it's super emotional too and in a in a I think a less heavy way than than a lot of Pixar movies are, but in the same vein of like this is very real and true and authentic, and that's why it's emotional, not because we're playing up the music and it's you know we know how to to emotionally manipulate you and stuff. I mean, any movie in a as very in a very real way. I mean, it's just all their films. Yeah. I mean, you look back at you look at Lego Movie, mm-hmm. you look at Spider Verse, you look at even mm-hmm. Twenty One Jump Street and some of the more emotional like friendship aspects of that you know they sure. do that really yes. well and they they seem to know they really do that they're yeah. that that these these films have to have that mm-hmm. and, and to work and to yep. to kind of i don't know it seems like they really have the formula down when it comes to how they structure mm-hmm. out films and yeah absolutely. and they're emotional almost like a almost like a science like uh like pixar does and um but that, yeah. that that goes across all their all their movies and it's just their their storytelling ability and mike mike rianda and and Jeff Rowe deserve a lot of credit for for their voice for sure. on this and, and being able to capture that that energy in animation and, and all that mm-hmm. is 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 extremely tough, man. And I just I have a lot of respect, like like you said, for uh for anyone who can make animation more than just stuff to look at, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, right. I I I uh I reflect on Ryan, the last dragon that we had talked about a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And I talked about that and how forgettable it was. And I've already forgotten it. I don't know. It was a month ago, <laughs> uh, how forgettable mm-hmm. it was in the moment, but you know, just the story elements, but 
what I do remember about it is how great it looked, you know, but a, a film like sure. this, I'll, I'll remember how great it looked, but I'll also remember the story elements and, and you have to put both of those just as equal in, in importance for, for some of these movies to sing and not just be an average, you know, small foot mm. two or whatever that comes out every year. Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the, the blueprint is there. It's, you know, you mentioned Pixar and, and they've sort of, it may not be an actual stranglehold, but, but culturally it kind of feels like a stranglehold on, on animation and over for, you know, 20 plus years now it's, it's sort of felt that way. But they, I would like they, to kind they of put themselves into it. a corner though with that. Do you know what I mean by that earlier? Yeah, it's like that's true. Still but they're certain, still knocking there's out so, great ones. I mean, well, not, not that, was that the movies incredible. aren't great. You know, I mean, the movies so are great, but like story wise, they they have people expect a certain thing when you see a Pixar movie. And if you that's don't, true. if it doesn't and, fall into and people that, people get grouchy when it doesn't. You know, or, if it's if they do, right. uh, if Pixar does a movie that's not uh, just wrecking you emotionally then people are like what the heck man this is just a thing about a dinosaur or a car or whatever and you're like yeah right. sometimes we do that too but um there's an expectation yeah, yeah, yeah. there with 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 everything and, and it just a film mm-hmm. like this i don't know it feels like it it just it had no boundaries of what it could do and what it wanted to do and it's like sure. dude we're gonna bring in youtube clips and we're gonna have comic elements and 2d and hand-drawn like notebook paper style stuff and it just i don't know it just seemed like they took advantage of like their stance and the independent animation community and just kind mm-hmm. of made a, a, a fun movie and didn't try to conform to anything yeah for is, sure which was refreshing uh, yeah that's what yeah. i was gonna say it's it's i think that that i would rather than looking at pixar kind of as a disney pixar kind of combining because how often do you do you have a conversation with somebody who this is not a criticism of these people at all, but but conflates whatever Disney animation is with with Dis- with Pixar animation. It well, they tried to. That, that's so, what they did when they, they bought tried Pixar. To. Is like the, let's yeah. just Pixar, uh, Pixar, <laughs> right. Pixarify. That's a weird word. Um, sure, probably never yeah. been said. Pixarify the uh, the Disney animation stuff, and that's what they mm-hmm. did with Wreck It Ralph and Frozen. Sure, and, but they still feel like they understood what sets Disney apart from Pixar. Yeah, too. But the audience may not at right. times. I mean, yes, how many true. people? That's how true. many people I've talked to over the years that think that have said, "Oh, Moana, I just love Pixar." I'm like, "Well, it's not Pixar. That's this." But you know, yep. that's in some ways it's semantics. But I, I would I would like to see it more. Say, look at it more as Pixar is almost like kind of like the Sopranos in that it's it's laid this incredible groundwork for animation to be taken or be looked at in a different light. And and I think. I'm by no means an expert on animated movies, especially once you get outside of the the Pixar, Sony, Disney group, and and you know I, when when you get into especially the the uh, movies coming from overseas studios and whatnot, that's that's way far outside my uh, my real knowledge base. But it it feels like at the moment we're kind of in a Similar to the way that we were with TV, they're like, man, this is like golden age of of peak TV. It feels like we are in in a golden age of of animation. Like there just there are so many good animated yeah. movies coming out every year from from different studios and and different production companies, and they are, uh, I think, a lot of them anyway. Not I won't say all, but a lot of them are taking what uh, what Pixar has laid out since toy story and running with it and doing their own thing just like this it's not like this is a this is in no way a knockoff of a pixar movie but it certainly has uh some pixar sentiments in it right and and i think that's in some ways that's more valuable because you're able kind of like what you're saying you can do things that are a little bit outside the box that maybe pixar can't do at this point uh and and yet also really bring home this authentic true li- true to life feeling that that you get from this you just have some you just have a feeling somebody in the in the brain trust at Pixar would would walk into the storyboarding and be like hey guys let's let's tone it down a little bit okay mm-hmm. i like it but it's too much okay and right. you know and that, that i'm just glad that nobody did that for this and like you know what let's let's do something special and and it really felt like that from the animation style uh speaking of that let's get into this bad boy i got i got a few notes i want to 
I want to get through before we uh, hit a weekly recommend here at the end, Brian. Um, man, the comic style of this really stuck out to me as like doing it right, but not doing too much, you know, kind of in a Scott mm. Pilgrim kind of way, you know, where they add, it would add a few elements here and there to enhance the, uh, the look and feel of the regular CG characters. And, and I thought that was done tastefully, not too much, you know, um, mm-hmm. the, the main character, Katie, I loved her making her own movies and wanting to be a filmmaker and, uh, that whole YouTube journey that it seems like a lot of kids are on these days. In fact, I don't know. I think it was my, my older sister, who's a, a teacher was telling me, that, you know, they do polls with kids and like, it was like 70% of kids now when they grow up, they want to be YouTubers or something no, or social yeah. media <laughs> stars. And like, that's how they, their career path they want to go on. Yeah. Uh, which right. that totally makes sense. I mean, if I was that age, I'd be like, yeah, that's probably the path for me. You know, I was the same way making videos and doing goofy stuff with my friends and filming my dog and all that kind of stuff at uh, that age. So makes sense. And it was, it was cool how they worked that into the, uh, the main story uh, or the main character of the story, Katie. Mm-hmm. And I thought the family was hilarious. You know, you got Danny McBride and my, my Rudolph as, uh, as the parents. Right. Um, my God, Rick Mitchell, who's, it's funny. He's a great weatherman here in Dallas, Rick Mitchell. Um, shout out. <laughs> Very handsome. Great weatherman. Um, but where do you yeah. stand on weatherman? Are you a, are you a weather guy? I don't know where you're. Where I you're like, uh, I'm, I'm team Finfrock. Who's, who's Rick Mitchell's okay. superior at, uh, NBC here in, in gotcha. Dallas. Yeah. So he's my go-to, but, uh, not really. Gotcha. I'll just go to the weather channel. You know, I went through like during election coverage and stuff, the, the wife and I, we were like 10 o'clock news mainstays for oh, yeah. a lot during the COVID stuff and all that, you know, sure. just to, to make sure we were up to up to speed on local law and stuff like that uh yeah but uh and it made me miss yeah the 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 local news is a lost art for sure yeah but um but i hate weather i hate weather i hate weatherman i hate all of it it makes me (laughs) speaking of it's like a hurricane outside right now so if i get knocked off the air here that's Mm -hmm. why i would feel my voice suddenly drops out at at four o'clock this afternoon the radar the weather was like, no, nah, it's going to be fine until like eight, nine o'clock. So I went ahead with soccer games tonight and, and it just poured on us and I had to cancel yeah. games in the middle of games. I was like, how do we not know two hours out? How do we not know that it's going to be like a huge, yeah, they still don't know. Yeah. For all the technology. I hate still, weather. I hate it's it. Still. Yeah. Um, anyway, sorry. So I'm yeah, shout out to Rick Mitchell. I thought Danny McBride, <laughs> the voice work he did was, was really fun. And just that character was like a, and it was a combo of so many dad, characters that we've seen over the years the homer simpson i don't know peter griffin dick van dyke just clumsy dad Mm, the man child yeah Yeah. Mm. (laughs) but the the technologically challenged dad is a is a funny Mm -hmm. a funny aspect to bring to the table the guy that can't understand computers in a world that literally runs on an alexa ripoff i guess in this uh universe but uh, <laughs> yes the yes. pal i love the they're not we're not subtle about that at all with the clear amazon logo rip off with the mm-hmm. smile right. face <laughs> i wonder how they got away with that it's like yeah. can we do this that's yeah, satire go for it <laughs> yeah it's just Screw different it. that's the stuff yeah. pixar would never do i guess they kind of did that with uh with wally and uh they didn't make yeah, it that obvious right. uh, so that was fun um and, you know the family i don't know brian do you your kid's not this old yet, but um, mm. it's something I would definitely be doing if I had kids that were, you know, in their teens, early teens, is the mm-hmm. uh, no phones at the dinner table oh, thing. Yeah. And that was a very funny yeah, man, scene in the movie. For sure. For sure. Yeah. No, Rick Mitchell rules. I, I, I mean, my son is only eight, but I definitely, I mean, I feel it. I feel it coming. All these things, you know, I say, I'll say that to him. Like, there's going to come a time where, because he and I are super tight. I spend. A, I'm. A, I, I. I'm not good at very many things, but I'm. A, I'm a really good dad. We spend a ton of time together. We have been best buddies from day one. But I say to him all the time, like, there's gonna come a time, not too far down the road now at this point, where you are not gonna like me. You know, like we are <laughs> not gonna get along because that's just the way that that it goes. And then you hope that by the time they turn whatever age, that they do like you again. You know, you hope you don't you don't drive them off or whatever. But. Yeah, I, I, I felt this. I felt Rick Mitchell's emotions 
big time. I mean, you can you can see this is a guy who's just trying his best, and sometimes your best is not good enough with, the, with teenagers and stuff. The it's scene just, that really hard. stuck out to me there, Brian, was when they're on the hike, I guess, and he's like, "All right, guys, let's go. Uh, let's go hit this peak and check out these uh, the scenery." And and it's <laughs> Katie and her little brother are watching a video on their phone. And they're like, "We're good, Dad." Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. And he's just like walks away, you know, like disappointed. It's like that is so something that probably happens daily to most families, you know. Let's like oh, dad yeah. wants to do something that's uh, you know, family activity or something outdoors or uh, you know, bring people together and it's we're good, dad. We've we've got social media. We got TikTok, bro. Get a life. Right. Get a yeah, life, bro. Yeah. How could you possibly like entertain the lame, like dad's TikTok the lame is? Yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. Oh, how could you? Sure. How, I understand it, man. How could you replicate the uh, satisfaction of uh, of of NBA Twitter, right? So, right, or, right. or Tim Tebow uh, retiring or unretiring, <laughs> or let's just make the podcast about that, Brian. I haven't had enough. Of that. Oh, man, I got some hot takes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, you know that that really was such a funny funny character, and and then he. He breaks her laptop, breaks Katie's laptop accidentally, right? He destroyed my dreams, Dad. My dream to be a filmmaker. And he's like, all right, how am I going to make this up to you? And so he Clark Griswolds the thing and's like, let's drive across the country to bring <laughs> the family together. the worst thing possible. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then her face as he's driving away, like her face staring out the window was so good. Right. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> yes. I love that. Uh, uh, that Yeah, but that that pure... Generosity, not generosity, but that uh, that pure, absolute, just um, purity. I guess really is what I'm saying of of Rick's um, intentions yeah. there of like uh, he's I'm the really best trying to be a good dad. You know, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, I think that's that's sort of one of the evolutions of dad in in TV and movies is is we've gone from the sort of traditional dads aren't great they're just sort of there maybe they come through in a moment or two but that's that's kind of all it is and and all this should thing i i mean i i'm surrounded by most of my my friends who are dads are really good dads and and most of our dads are really good dads and so some of those some of those sort of generic those al the al bundy types have <laughs> sort of died off that's not in i mean you still get it every once in a while but that's not that's not in vogue in uh pop culture anymore and now you're getting more of the the dad who's trying his best but just can't can't keep up, which is a lot more of dads than you know than we might you might uh, might think. But yeah, it's, it's there's an endearing quality now that you don't you didn't absolutely get is, with with yes, the Homer Simpsons. He absolutely he's not trying choking his, best. his kids he, out in this, uh, right? Right. <laughs> you know that he loves his kids. You know that he is he's really is trying his best. He just can't understand, and and also they can't understand him. Yeah, can't and get it's just to a him. hard thing. There's a disconnect. Right. It's th- that. That age group is is the worst. It's the I mean, I see it all the time with with parents and kids that it's like y'all are gonna be fine in five years, but this next five years is gonna suck because kids that are hormonal and and trying to figure out who they are and stuff are they are terrible brats most of the time, even the good ones, you know. And and then you have the parents that are they're aging and they're just trying to hang on to what they can with their kids. So anyway, uh, sorry, I'm on my soapbox, but yes, it, this I thought this was incredibly true to life and really accurate yeah yeah the way that they were they portrayed rick and and um um uh, katie and both of them and and their their relationship and stuff and and the mom and and the brother too also i mean again very the the brother especially is just kind of there for comedic relief for the most part and that's totally fine and then my root of the mom linda i think is uh a little bit more of a storytelling not um, it's not MacGuffin she's a central character but like she's kind of there to to move things along between the dad until the end we'll get to that but yeah Yeah, until the end for sure so uh, but yeah those two characters in particular yeah she's a very typical kind of trying to be hip mom character that's not really hip mom jeans kind of thing going (laughs) on you know right very accurate for Maya Rudolph to be playing the mom jeans character right after her mom jeans uh Sketch, which is incredible. Uh, so, so yeah, we we go to the brother Aaron, who was hilarious, by the way. Oh my gosh, 
great bit. one of the better side side characters in animation in recent memory um it, it, this this family had had some a lot of similar qualities as the uh the uh par family from the incredibles sure to, yeah to me yeah that's a good that's a good comparison yeah a little less pixarfied there i get i did mm-hmm. it i said it mm-hmm <laughs> but um man I want to I want to touch on some of these side characters to me. The <laughs> the voice cast of this. Oh my gosh, like <laughs> how do they think to get some of these people, right? Mm-hmm. You got Olivia Coleman to do Pal or Alexa, which was awesome. Couldn't couldn't probably get a better casting choice right now than she Olivia Coleman's uh uh English accent for that, right? And you got we Eric might Ar- need to open a, a European Treasures wing of the American Treasures. Yeah, Hall she would be just for first ballot, Olivia Coleman, right? first and Grant. Yeah, yes. and Patrick Stewart. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, Eric, Eric Andre plays like the uh, Mark Bezos. Uh, Mark Bezos. I was thinking Mark Zuckerberg. Jeff Bezos um, uh-huh. character here. Uh, sure, you got a little zuck. Kind of got a little zuck. Yeah, right? maybe that's why yeah. I said that. He's got a little sort of little Facebook. Yeah. Uh, little Facebook quality uh, going on with uh-huh. some of these keynotes and the uh, maybe the need to take over your life like Facebook does uh, a little mm-hmm. bit <laughs> not uh, subtle about that at all. But uh, some of the other the side characters that stuck out to me. Oh, my gosh, Brian Beck Bennett as the <laughs> Eric slash guy for Max Robots. I'm not I, I just di- I died laughing. I'm not kidding. Yeah. Some of the. <laughs> What was it? Uh, I, I wrote some some of his lines down here. The uh, uh, let's see here, yum yum, good, all that kind of stuff he was doing, you know, was right. incredible. How does this guy not get more voice work? You know, now I guess he will now, probably after this. But he he's great. But he's Dude, my favorite SNL I, person right now, besides oh, Kyle Mooney. Yeah, him and That's Mooney. why it's coming um, back to Kyle Mooney. Told you, he narrated a. An audiobook. I gotta look up the the details of it. I'm pretty sure it's called Screwball. This is like from three or four years ago. I'm looking it up now. It's oh yeah, because it was it was uh, it was a Simon Rich uh, book. Mm-hmm. It's only 40 minutes long, so it's really just a, a dumb audio play. It's y'all gotta check this out. This is like a side recommend for the uh, it, it it's on. If you're an Audible subscriber, it's free. You can get it. Um, Beck Bennett. <laughs> plays a a major league baseball player in like 1915 or something 191914 and it's like sort of a take on Babe Ruth but like if Babe Ruth was the comp- is a complete idiot and it is one of the fun like Simon Rich that's is, an interesting is a uh, comedic genius but Beck we'll, we'll get there later actually Brian too role. because my my recommend has to do with uh Babe Ruth oddly so. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah, yeah we'll you, talk you about should check. Anybody who's a subscriber needs to check that out because it. I mean, it's free. It's forty minutes long, and I I like cackled at my desk when I was yeah. reading. It was it is such a funny bit. Beck Bennett is a perfect reader for that thing. So sorry, yeah. little uh, little tangent again. Yeah, yeah, man. He was he was like I don't know. Aside from the Mitchell family, he was like the MVP of this movie. Um, mm-hmm. What he brought to the table and just. The the drawing the emotions on the faces of the thing. I mean, um, <laughs> it was just so good. I was just smiling and cackling for forty minutes straight there during that whole thing. I, I'm not kidding you. It was, and then when Fred Armisen mm-hmm. comes in the picture as Deborah Bot or whatever it is, right, and, right, and you've got Conan O'Brien as Glaxon Five Thousand mm-hmm. uh, doing some voice work, and Blake Griffin pops in there. John Legend does some voice work. Gosh, this this cast is is uh, Chrissy Teigen as well or Teigen, right? Um, yeah, Teigen. She, uh, um, I think it's Teigen, but she said it's too late to change it. Oh, okay, my bad. Sorry, Chrissy. no, no, you're, it's not your bad. It's everyone's <laughs> bad <laughs> because we all call her Chrissy Teigen. She's like, all right, it's just Teigen, you know. Whatever. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, she, uh, she, yeah, you had to bring had to bring both of them in here. If you're getting John Legend, you gotta That's bring right. Chrissy. You get them both. Love, love her and Charlene Yee. Uh, love when she pops in to do great, voice work great as voice well. Cast all around, yeah. great all, all around MVP voice cast, mm-hmm. and um, and they use them like 
I don't know. It's not like one of those DreamWorks movies where they're just yep. throwing names That's at, at the exactly screen trying to get say. people in yep. there. Mm-hmm. I don't didn't even yep. know Conan was in this until I'm watching yeah. it. I'm like, that's definitely Conan, and this is incredible. You know, so right. It's not a Danny McBride movie. You know, it's not a sure. Maya Rudolph movie. It's the this is this is the cast of this movie that we. Yeah, I, I'm totally with you. DreamWorks. Yeah, you don't even see their names on the poster. Or anything, worst about you know? that. So. Yeah, it's just like, great. well, we got Will Smith. I'm like, well, okay, that's fine, but like, it's this is now just a Will Smith movie. Okay, they got Willem Dafoe to do a starfish. Okay, <laughs> great. <laughs> so, that's gonna bring in like eight people, maybe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Good kids job. aren't even allowed to it's see been eight million movies, on that too. So, that's worth it. Yeah. yeah. All right. A um, couple other things. Uh, the Dino Truck Stop, Brian killed me because because right we live oddly next to <laughs> Glenrose, Texas, which is like a <laughs> a dinosaur mainstay yeah, because area, they discovered yeah. some fossilized dinosaurs and footprints and stuff. So they, of course, they like yeah. milked that. Uh, oh yeah, you know, of course, Dino World, Dino baby. Valley yeah. State Park, and Dino everything <laughs> yeah. down there. And so I just laughed at like the big apocalyptic scene <laughs> happening in like a yeah. dinosaur park that the the dinosaurs look nothing like regular dinosaurs, <laughs> like in the Pee Wee's Big Adventure uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> scene, you know, where they're at the yeah dinosaur park. It's just like that, and the, the dinosaurs are just terrible, and the kids like. The little right. kids like they look nothing like dinosaurs. And she's just horrified at the fake dinosaurs more than like a real one. Yeah, I don't know if the roadside attraction is really a thing anymore, but man, it was when when we were growing up. Mm-hmm. That was a big deal on on a road trip to go camping or whatever, you know, because we couldn't afford uh, you know Disney World or something. <laughs> go camping instead, and or going to Grandma's or whatever it is, man. Oh, look at this cool. Oh, this this place got a big ball of twine like oh well we probably should check that out let's get 10 minutes out of the car and stuff but yeah the dinosaur the dinosaur thing was was pretty spot on for uh for what that's a big that's a big dad move to to uh yeah we'll we'll, we'll check this out sure we'll, we'll see what's up with this thing and you're like oh, this is never this never works out dad this is never as good as you think it's gonna be yes absolutely another big uh, climactic scene takes place at a I don't know, rundown mall, which seems kind of a a thing now in movies is mall mall mm-hmm. nostalgia. So we get more yeah. of that here. I, I laughed at the C's Candies store though, because that's a very <laughs> very specific joke. <laughs> it's like, uh, yes. it, it was good. I left. Um, and then the attack of the Furbies and Furby nostalgia. That was great, obviously man. big too, but that was a hilarious scene. Oh my gosh! Yeah. The Furby stuff was really funny. It was very, very well done with the giant Furby, the display Furby or whatever. Coop was like, why did they make one so big? I was like, well, pretty sure it's a display, but yeah, yeah. that was really, that was very well structured. It was a fun, it was a fun bit. Good reveal. I like the Great whole, the, the use of technology on this was really, was really, I mean, they, I thought it, 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 it they had a lot of fun with it and it, it, but it also kind of felt like not too far off, right? Like it was, it was like, yeah. Like even when the, he's doing the presentation and he he says the whole, you know, I know what you're thinking. What happens if they turn evil? Well, we've got a fix for that and stuff. Mm-hmm. But I, I thought a little. I, mean, I don't know if meta is the right term in this case, but it 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 sort of played too to on the, the expectation yeah. really well. I liked it. I thought it was a really well done bit with all that. But yeah. I, I thought they they did the technology side of this very well. It's kind of a little black mirror kind of thing. <laughs> this is what could happen yeah, if we don't. Sure, we're sure. Not careful, black mirror guys. for kids. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah for real. Well I show my my uh kids black mirror. I don't know about mm. you. Every right. kid Just I just the kids from your apartment complex. Uh, right. You're always like, come yeah, over and watch Black Mirror. Weekly kids. screenings at the mm-hmm. the Garrison right. household. <laughs> <laughs> you seen the Metalhead episode kids? Wait until you see this. How y'all feel about Jesse Plemons? Good, good stuff, man. What a what a show Black Mirror was for a stretch there. Um, a couple of a couple other notes I want to hit on, uh, and then we'll touch on our, our recommends. Uh, the blind rage thing was funny from the pal, uh, uh, like cell phone when Olivia Coleman's character was like in a blind rage and it was just the phone vibrating on the ground. You know, it's <laughs> a great visual. Uh-huh. I love when we can pull back from like and show like what this would really look like in reality. You know, Toy Story does that a lot too. You know, um, yeah. kind of the pullback shot. Uh, they did that mm-hmm. well here. And then um, I don't know if it was a reference here, but 
Rick Mitchell went to Baylor, apparently. I tried yeah. to look it up. If Lord and Miller or Dartmouth boys. So it wasn't them. It's not a reference to them. Um, mm. My grandpa would Maybe. be turning in his urn if he knew I was out here with a Dartmouth boy. <laughs> Andy Bernard, Cornell 95. <laughs> uh, season uh, season four of The Office Talk, by the way, coming up in the VIP. Man, Tease for that. Little Nard Dog. Um, yeah, so they they went to Dartmouth, and I looked up Mike Rionda, and I couldn't find his college, but so I guess it's hmm. a reference to one of them. But I was like, the very specific Baylor yeah. Bears T-shirt that he's wearing <laughs> in one of the photos right. in this. So, uh, right. yeah. And um, then the one other thing I, I loved was I touched on it earlier. Uh, Linda Mitchell's. Uh, rise up at the end where it's like you never cross a mother scorned, you know, <laughs> the right. scene is, right. is, was great. I love that. She yeah. just like goes full ninja mode <laughs> at the end of the movie out of nowhere. I like that. <laughs> and that the robots are all just terrified of yeah. her uh, is, is very fun. I was, there's like a, when she pops up for the second time and they're like, oh no, she found us. That was the one that they mm-hmm. got me. I was I was dying at that. That was a funny, funny bit. Yeah. Don't, yes. don't mess with the, don't mess with the mama bear, you know? No. Nope. Don't, yeah. don't get in the way with Exactly. The, and then the way it all comes, obviously it all comes together in the end, right? Uh, yeah. You know, and all happy ending and tears flow and all that. And they did that very oh well. And I would see a sequel to this, honestly. This would be a fun, oh, fun one series. to revisit yeah. the Mitchell family in some fun. way. The Mitchells versus something else. The zombie apocalypse mm-hmm. or something. Right. Would be fun. Yeah. No, that'd be, that would be a blast. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Um, I think maybe one of my favorite things about this is that is it's clearly trying to make some points about technology and the way that technology is is running our lives and stuff. But it's not judgmental. Like it's not um, the solution at the end of the movie is not that Katie gets off her her phone and spends more time with her dad. It's that her dad learns to appreciate the thing that she loves and the way that she's trying to communicate and, mm. and that they sort of come subscribes to her to YouTube. And, yeah. That. Yeah. I mean that, that he understands her, her worldview better. And she, I think understands his worldview better rather than, you know, if you spent less, what I learned kids is that it's best to mm-hmm. not to spend so much time on your phone. You know, it's, it, it, it really, I, th- I felt like anyway, it, it, it kind of towed that line and, and, gave a little bit both ways and i think that's probably the more appropriate i don't know i see a lot of people that that kind of want to and i i get this way too at times because it's just it's so overwhelming in in places but i I see a lot of people who are just kind of anti-technology or just like man i wish we could just go back to no internet and stuff like that and instead it's like you know this is a pretty this can be a pretty powerful tool this can be a pretty significant thing that we can you know that we can use for good it's just a matter of like everything it's balance and figuring out how things work for you <laughs> and the people you love and all that sort of stuff so i really dug that i thought that 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 message good came message. through yeah. pretty loud and clear and compromise appreciative right. of that yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah that was that was excellent man um this was like i teased at the outset just to come back around and, and hit grades here this is perfect man this was yeah. this was my number one of the year right now and a front runner for, for best animated movie for sure. Um, mm-hmm. Be hard to top this one. Yeah, this is a good movie. Dude. This was, uh, um, this was, I mean, for animated movie of the year. Um, yeah. It'll be hard to top this one. I don't know. Space Jam won't qualify. You know, there's not a lot of, I don't know if there's a lot of Disney movie this year, sure. is there? Um, Luca coming this year with Luca Pixar. Pixar is, is next month, and there's something Disney Pixar at the end of the year. I can't remember. I liked Raya a lot. A lot. I'm I'm still very high on that one. It wasn't uh, I, I I wasn't very forgettable for me. So that's up there as well. But but this is at the moment. I would say this tops it. Um, we'll see how I, you know feel later in, in in the year. But but boy, I mean, rewatchable. The whole, all yeah, of the, the stuff with the yeah, with the stuff with the moose and like the whole concept of the dad like kind of setting aside some of his dreams and and goals and whatnot because now his most important thing is you know all this sort of stuff. I was yeah, it was a it was a sob fest in my house. Yeah, man, man that montage of the home movies was so oh, good. Gosh, like the, the twenty minute mark, the movie, to the heart. right? Yeah, yeah right to, to the, the gut or early. You know, they could have <laughs> saved that for the end yeah. and. 
Yeah. He stumbles across the montage or whatever, you know, kind of moment. Right. But like they, they yeah. throw that right at you at a at a Toy Story 2 Jesse the Cowgirl, like, all right, the tears are flowing early <laughs> right. with this right. one. And then and it's yeah. good. Uh, yeah, I loved it. Yeah, the, I loved it. The man. A sequence plus for where me. she Yeah, totally. A plus for me as well. The sequence where she she's looking through the whole movies and sees the one of the dad of Rick saying goodbye to the house and mm-hmm. taking the moose off the thing. Yes. I mean, that's like some inside out stuff right there. Oh. Like that was a, that was a cut deep kind of, a, kind of a Pixar. Hurt, so you said the, uh, you said, uh, you know, this one did stick out to me, Brian, as one that was like for the adults, honestly. Uh, there's could, so much, could, but, but, it's I, but so you funny, said your though. kid loved it. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, he's watched it. He's probably watched it the five pug. times. Dug, since, the, dug mean, the pug, by yeah, the way. Yeah. yeah. Makes it yeah dog, dog, yeah. pig, dog. Pig. Yeah. He's, he's been walking around dog, pig, loaf of bread, you know? Yeah. I mean, it, it's, this is cool. I mean, he loves slapstick humor and there's a lot of that in this, I, the, the, the way that it integrates, uh, like that, the meme of the of the gibbon or whatever, and um, the, like the real life clips that are that are in this. The things that I laughed thing. so hard at so was when she's a like, ton of great stuff." It was when Linda's like yelling at Rick about never posing in a photo, and he's like, "What about that one?" And it's like the default mm-hmm. photo from Walmart or whatever that comes in the frame. I laughed so hard at that cutaway. I don't know. <laughs> yes. Those, those yeah, types of jokes bit. are so easy, but like, yes, seemed like they had two or three of the max in this movie. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. okay, we can have a couple of these moments, but we don't want to overdo it in a, in a family guy way where it's just all cutaway jokes, right. you know? Right. So, yeah, no, I, I think that's where this is the, to me, at least it's, 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 it's most Pixarian is that the, the jokes are for eighty five percent of the jokes are for kids, but the story is for adults, and mm-hmm. and that's I mean that's the genius of like a Toy Story or Inside Out or 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 whatever. Uh, soul. Any of those movies is Soul is mm-hmm. is this will make the kids laugh, and they maybe won't notice that their parents are crying because it's because so <laughs> it's a uh, yeah it's what relevant parents stuff. feel and yeah they'll understand someday. yeah they'll understand they'll yeah, go back oh my gosh yeah yeah. Well, yeah, A plus for me, man. This was uh, sets the bar very high for 2021 animation and 2021 movies. To be honest, this will this will, like I said, number one of the year overall so far. So I'm gonna mm-hmm. knock it knock it ten spots down as we go here, which is uh, it's doable. It's happened. It happens. But uh, we're now yeah. in May and we've got to, an easy top tenner uh, in the fold. I really yeah. liked Nobody with uh, same with, with our boy Bob same. Odenkirk, but this one topped it. Yeah, right now my th- that's my top three is is this nobody and and Raya the Last Dragon I would say I would guess nice yeah for sure nothing else is even All right well fo- follow that. Brian and I on Letterbox by the way as right. we uh, go through the year I'm Matt King Garrison he's at Brian Gill I believe on there and uh, and mm-hmm. we uh, we we got lists past lists current lists going on there it's a good way to track the movies that uh, you watch if you uh, check out Letterbox all right Brian let's uh, hit a quick weekly recommend. Weekly recommends. All right, man. Want to start it off? Sure. I recommend a book um, with a with a slight disclaimer. I'm not I'm not done with this yet. I don't like to typically recommend books before I've finished it, but but I am enjoying it, and it's brand new. So I'm going to go ahead and get and get it out there. It, it's called Project Hail Mary uh, by Andy Weir. Andy Weir is the guy who wrote uh, The Martian, which is just a fantastic, great movie. We did an episode on it back in in 2015. Fantastic book as well. Uh, so this is, it's not his follow-up. He had a, a book a couple years ago called Artemis that was okay. I, I was like an enjoyable sort of throwaway science fiction kind of movie, or excuse me, book. This one is uh, closer to The Martian at this point. It's it's a, it's funny, but it's very smart. He Andy Weir, I think, does a fantastic, really, because I'm not that smart, especially scientifically and mathematically. Um, he, he does a really, really good job of putting what I believe is real science, but if it's not, it's very well disguised real science into his books in a way that feels, uh, mostly accessible and if nothing else, then not overwhelming. Um, I've read a lot of, a lot, a lot of science fiction over the years, some like sort of high minded science fiction and some sort of super light dime store type science fiction and a, and a lot of times when when the, an an author goes really deep into the actual science of something it it gets lost in translation or it's over my head maybe maybe that's the best way to put it um i think andy weird does a very very good job of making those poop potatoes um, 
Yeah, exactly. But I I, he did a really good job of simplifying those things and and making them. They're still central to the book, and they're not dumbed down. Uh, he doesn't speak down to his audience, but he does make it to where it's it's a, it it's so wrapped up in in an entertaining, engrossing narrative that you're you're able to stick with it. And he does a good job of explaining it. I'm sure he. I would imagine he has some sort of background in teaching, or if he doesn't, maybe he should because he's he's very good at this. Anyway, I'm I'm kind of lost in the weeds, but yeah, it's a it's just a, it's a science fiction book about a guy who wakes up. Uh, sort of. It's got a lot of tropes in it, but I think he he presents them in really uh, interesting and, and somewhat unique ways. But yeah, there's a, there's a guy who wakes up from essentially from a coma and uh, discovers that he is on a spaceship, and then is trying to recall why he's on a spaceship, what the events, what his mission is, what the events that led him to this are, and all this sort of stuff. Um, and it's it's read by I'm doing the audiobook. It's read by a guy named Ray Porter, who's a very good reader. Uh, so yeah, I'm about halfway through it, Project Hail Mary, and I'm really, I'm really digging it. So hopefully the the back half of the book holds up uh, as compared to the front half. There you go. When you said Project Hail Mary, I was like, oh man, nice Stahlbach uh, bi- biography you're reading. <laughs> nice. Uh, well, you'll you'll love this, Brian. Guess who's directing the movie? Lord and Miller. Uh, I can't remember. Oh really? Yeah. Nice. They're, I they're directing that. the movie. I. And um, Drew Goddard, be, they have a great Drew Goddard great is doing the screenplay. Okay, I mean, and uh, guess, I remember. And this, uh, guess the, who's starring the as the uh, thing. main character? Uh, who would you want it to be? It Gos- it, Gosling, who would you want it to be? Obviously, Gosling or or Michael B. Jordan. That's number one and two on every list. Oh, it's Gosling. So you're good. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I remember the, the this the rights to this book got sold six, eight months ago. So, and it just came out uh, mm-hmm. last week. So it was sold well in advance. Uh, yeah. I now, now I remember. Yeah. Right. I can't so wait. continuing this, the trend of great. Lord Miller yeah. directing actual movies. <laughs> right. This is yet uh-huh. another, uh, in addition to the premonition to look out for Sweet. in development and, uh, should be awesome based on your recommend of the book. It'd be great. Yeah. Can't wait. Gosling will be great in this. Sweet. Good role, but he's great in everything. He's the Gosling. That's true. That's true. Well, good recommend. I'll have to check that one out before the movie for sure. Um, my recommend, you know, teased earlier, is in the baseball realm. Uh, Brian, I went to the Ranger game this past weekend with my uh, nice. with my father-in-law. And uh, mm-hmm. it was the first time for me to go to the new Rangers stadium. And I got a lot of takes there. Maybe we'll get into that in the VIP here okay. uh, shortly. Yeah, let's do it. I do too. I went last week as well. Okay. Have, well, maybe we'll – we'll, yeah. we'll, uh, We'll Come tease to the that VIP for, for our, what about Bob? We'll, our we'll what about Bob, Bob VIP. We'll, we'll talk about that at the little beginning, but, um, yeah. but yeah, so, you know, leading up to that, I've been a little more oddly plugged into baseball this year than in years past. I've been following it a little bit closer. I've been following the Reds. The Reds have been doing really well. They're the they're kind of the team that I grew up following besides the Rangers. So, um, mm. so good to see them doing well. And uh, Joey Votto, you know, rounding out his career is one of my favorite players of all time. And it just, it's kind of a Dirk situation where it's like, oh, I kind of want to watch this guy while he's still playing, you know, and, uh, sure. and appreciate the, what, what we've been able to witness the past decade or whatever. But, um, but yeah, so got in a big baseball mood. And uh, before I went out to the game, I, I went back this past week and started rewatching the um, Ken Burns baseball doc, Brian. Mm. called baseball stuff. it's called baseball and uh and so so yeah i'm uh, i'm like part six right now something like that uh but you know the, the stuff i watch is all the early days you know the night <laughs> baseball starting and you know obviously the big there's like two episodes on babe ruth there's like four hours of babe ruth stuff and it's um bunch of stuff on ty cobb which is a wormhole i don't want to go down because it's <laughs> Uh, pretty disturbing. And then mm-hmm. let's just say yeah. if there's anyone that could play Ty Cobb, it's Tommy Lee Jones. And he did. Uh, <laughs> and then, um, you know, a lot, a lot of good nostalgic baseball talk and very Ken Burnsy. So if you're a big baseball fan, you've never done that deep dive. I would say it's the definitive, like historical record of, of baseball with a lot of great footage and, and stuff. And, you know, mm-hmm. and then you go on the deep dive of well, how do these players compare to players now? And and that's a whole another wormhole you can go down. So it's fun. It's good. It's good. Really good. And then he did a follow up. Um, I don't know, maybe eight eight years later, something like that, where he 
dives into like nineties baseball and, uh, and, uh, you know, Ichiro and sort of the two thousands and stuff like that and McGuire and all that kind of stuff. So, um, so yeah, check that out. Uh, Ken Burns baseball. Excellent. And worth your time. That's a good wreck. Um, little side wreck. Um, what's his name? Oh my gosh. Theo Epstein. Mm. Right. Yes. That name now is like, <laughs> like you say it, you're like, uh, oh, haunt the PFP. Rangers. I know every um, team basically. Yeah. I, so, I mean, my, my whole deal with baseball is, is well on the record, but he was on, uh, Bill Simmons podcast last week and it was awesome. He's like, he's working for baseball. He's working for the commissioner. Um, as like a sort of, I don't know, a special consultant, or whatever to the commission. I think, I think Rob Manfred is a complete idiot. I think he's, just he needs to be the commissioner. No, Theo, honestly. Yeah. That's exactly, <laughs> like, that's like, exactly yeah. my thought. I'm listening. He's, he's, he probably he has will be. some he will be. fantastic thoughts. Yeah. I hope so. Cause Rob Manfred sucks. I, mean, I just think that guy's just a complete buffoon, but yeah. Anyway, he's uh, everything. you should, you, you should check it out. If you haven't listeners too, if you, the, he had some really, just some really great thoughts. It just was refreshing to hear somebody in like heavily involved with baseball, talk about baseball in a way that I left saying, Oh, so you, you kind of get it. Like you understand what you're up against and, and why baseball is a tough sell for a lot of people and all this sort of stuff. It was, it gave me uh, some hope that I'll be able to get back into baseball at some point. Cause mm-hmm. he was, he was, it was just a really, it was a really good combo. And, of course, like Simmons tried to sabotage it multiple times, but, uh, but how, was, much, how many was, times did, did Simmons bring up the 03 Red Sox? Oh, uh, like run. a billion. And I mean, some it's of like, it's yeah, relevant, it's great right? What you did, like it, literally in the past 20 years, but yeah. remember that Red Sox team? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was a lot. It was hey, a lot I of love, socks. Hey, man, I, a I lot was of a socks. Huge, that, that, so. that 03 Red Sox team might be yeah, my favorite 04, baseball 04, team of yeah. all time. Honestly. Super fun, man. It is my favorite baseball team of all time. Great time. It was a good, it was a good time. Um, but yes, it, you're, you're, uh, you're not wrong. We, we always got to bring everything back to the Sox and the Celts. Um, <laughs> the 86 with, with Celts. Doesn't bro. matter what you're not talking about. It's got to come back to the 86 it's Celts. It's got to be 86. Um, well, um, then bias that's great. Died. But yeah, uh, ch- definitely check out that interview with, yeah. with, with Theo. Cause it's, he's, I don't know. It gave me some hope. Yeah. So. I'm the same way. I, I, I feel like I've come back around, you know, I, I jokingly said I, I started, liking baseball after the Astros thing, you know, like because of that, <laughs> like that, I'm in, you know? Yeah. But you, you were know, an Astros fan before. But I don't now, want to talk all baseball, big, but big dude, fan. cheating has been for a hundred years. People have been cheating in baseball. Like, honestly, you know, like there's a certain part of me that's like, yeah, the guys should be able to use a little pine tar in their hand to throw the ball. I don't give a crap. You know, like it, <laughs> No, no, you're getting into my my steroid talk now. That's, okay, that's what. No, that's, I'm not about steroids, but like I'm with you. I know, no, there's certain I'm things you can do on the field like, that you can do to like gain an advantage where yeah. it's not like destroying the game. Considering the game has yeah. been destroyed for a hundred years, you know. I don't know yeah. what what legacy are they talking about destroying? Like that's that's destroying baseball. Right. It's like, dude, yeah, go back and look at baseball. <laughs> if you want to talk about right. that, it's probably right. more pure now than it's ever been. Uh, but yeah. All right. Uh, yeah, that's it for there. us. Mitchell's yeah. versus machines, two A pluses and some, some fun recommends on the side mm-hmm. there. Uh, R- Richard just texted me and said F minus minus minus. So that'll bring of the course. average down a little bit, but as soon as he saw it was animated, he gave it that. <laughs> yeah. He's like, what this is this going to make me feel? Yeah. F. Yeah. All right. Uh, there it is. If you want more from us, we are talking. What about Bob on an anniversary, a little Bill Murray talk, and maybe we'll get into some more baseball as well. Uh, and the VIP, and you get that Discord, you get that um, Falcon and Winter Soldier talk, Brian, mm. on the Discord. I'll put a little teaser out this week on the main feed for that. But um, if you've seen uh, all Falcon and Winter Soldier now, it's all wrapped up. Check check that out, and we dive fully into that an hour of that talk uh, on the VIP feed for you. So check that out, madaboutmoviespodcast.com slash VIP. Remember to tweet us, follow us at madaboutmovies, follow Brian and I. At Bigo12 and, and Kent Garrison on the socials as well. Uh, thanks for listening. Subscribe, leave us five stars if you enjoy the pod, and, and make sure to tune in next week as we continue to dive into more 2021 movie talk here on the main feed and beyond. And hope to see you soon at the cinema. Goodbye. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling, toss salads and scrambled eggs. And 
maybe I seem a bit confused. Yeah, maybe, but I've got you pegged. <laughs> but I don't know what to do with those tossed salads and scrambled eggs. They're calling again. Scrambled eggs all over my face. They're making me ya ya. Again. 